Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. Now, if you're a frequent listener of the podcast, I want to thank you. And I want to let you know that, hey, we're running short on some questions for the podcast, and we always discuss our listener questions over the podcast. So go to my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. As you know, at the bottom of the website, it'll say, ask Greg a question, type in your question and submit it there. And we'll use that for future episodes of the podcast. This happens to be episode number 103. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about some mistakes that I'm seeing people make over and over and over as they're doing their own retirement planning. And I just cringe when I see these mistakes, but sometimes we don't even know we're making them. And as I've said many, many times, one of the greatest benefits to working with a financial advisor, a retirement planner, is that they're able to steer you away from bad decisions because they've seen people make these same mistakes before. So I wanted to point some of these out on the podcast where our listeners can hear from them, take note, and say, okay, I'm going to avoid making that same decision, that same terrible decision because of how it impacted somebody else. What I have found over time is that so many people learn best when they hear a story. Everybody loves a good story. There's actually an old Indian proverb that I have memorized and I just love it. And it goes like this. It says, tell me a fact and I'll learn. Tell me a truth and I'll believe. But tell me a story and it will live in my heart forever. And it's so true. Stories enable us to connect with concepts and really it makes the unfamiliar familiar. And I can tell you a story of a client and a mistake that they made, and you'll be able to remember it and repeat it tomorrow. And if it was a good story, you might be able to repeat it six months from now. So on today's episode, I'll share some of these stories. They'll be completely anonymous, like we always do, out of respect for the people that are involved. But hopefully you'll be able to see that these potholes are out there, and it's easy to make some of these mistakes. But once you've heard me talk about these potholes, you'll know how to steer away from them and avoid them altogether. So we've got that to look forward to on today's podcast. But I wanted to mention for all the new listeners that are out there, check out my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. I've made retirement planning very, very simple. Three steps to retirement planning. I've made it all available for free on my website. Step one is available. It's the blueprint to a dream retirement. You can download it right there under the resources tab. That resource will help you develop your blueprint to a dream retirement. If you're married, complete it with your spouse. But it's kind of figuring out what you want in your retirement. What's going to make you happy? Do you want to travel? Do you want to spend the winters in Florida, the summers in the Midwest, or wherever you live? What do you want that to look like? How often do you want to visit your kids and grandkids if you have them? What's going to make you happiest in retirement? That's what step one's going to do. Step two is figuring out what it's going to cost us. That's our retirement budgeting tool. Again, available for free right next to step number one. Step number two is the retirement budgeting tool. Figure out how much this dream retirement will cost us month in and month out. And finally, step number three is the retirement action plan. It puts it all together. It answers all of those important questions that are so crucial to the success of your retirement. 
Let me give you a few just as an example. How do you optimize your social security benefits? How much income should your portfolio be able to provide you every single month in retirement? How do you keep up with the cost of living in retirement? And another one is what rate of return do you need from your investment portfolio throughout your retirement for you to have a successful, comfortable retirement without ever running the risk of running out of money? Knowing the answer to that question alone will give you so much comfort as you enter retirement and start living the good life, knowing that, okay, this is what it's going to take for us to have a successful outcome in retirement, and we can enjoy our days without ever having all these financial worries. So the last step is the retirement action plan. Many of you might have developed these with your retirement planner. And I've had quite a few listeners that have emailed me that they know that's the missing piece, that retirement action plan, and they're looking for guidance and wanting to help me develop their own retirement action plan. And that's something that I do for those folks as well. So step one, two, and three are under the resources tab of our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. All right, let's jump into this week's episode I wanted to talk about some mistakes that I've been seeing recently, and I got permission from a very, very nice lady who called me recently, and we've been meeting over the past several weeks to share her story and the mistakes that her and her now deceased husband had made. And they are mistakes that everyone listening to this podcast can avoid. So I got a call from a lady, and she's in a really tough spot. She's now a widow. Her husband died several months back. And he made a series of bad mistakes. And I've been now working with his widow to kind of pick up the pieces. But to kind of tell their story, they had an age difference. And whenever there's an age difference between spouses that are retired, there are some extra challenges. And special planning needs to be made to account for that. So there was an age gap. She was 57. And when he passed away, he was 64. So one of the mistakes that he made was he canceled all their life insurance. And a year or so before his death, he got in an accident and became disabled. And at that point, medical bills were stacking up. And he said, hey, I got to save some money here. I'm going to cancel all of our life insurance so we don't have to pay those premiums. Now, that was a mistake. And here's why. When someone becomes disabled and they have life insurance, in a lot of instances, in many different life insurance policies, there's what's called a disability clause, which means if someone becomes disabled while they're paying a life insurance premium, the disability clause allows them to stop paying premiums, however they were paying monthly, quarterly, annually, and the life insurance policy is then paid up at that point and they no longer have to pay premiums for their life insurance because they're permanently disabled. So that would have been an opportunity for her husband once he became disabled to still keep the life insurance but never have to pay a premium again. Now, his wife, she's not disabled. She would still have to continue to pay life insurance premiums. The other takeaway here, and there's many, many takeaways, we'll continue as the story goes, but she was 57 when he passed away. He was 64. So the way Social Security works, he was collecting Social Security disability, and the way it works as far as a survivor benefit, which means when somebody's spouse passes away, you as the spouse would get a survivor benefit, a monthly check. Well, that doesn't come into play until 
your spouse is 60 years old. And when he passed away at 64, his wife was only 57. So she still got three more years until she could potentially collect her Social Security survivor benefit. So where's that income going to come from for the next three years? So in many, many instances, people, as they get close to retirement, they want to cancel life insurance. And I get it. You're at the point where if you have kids, the kids are raised. You don't need the life insurance anymore. Maybe you're debt free at that point. As long as you have the assets built up, saved for retirement, maybe your spouse would be okay in the instance of a premature death. But on the other hand, there are many people out there that try to keep their life insurance. Maybe it's term life insurance. Hopefully it is. They try to keep that term life insurance in place until their spouse is 60 years old. And at that point, their spouse would at least have the Social Security survivor benefit, a portion of it. It's going to be reduced if they claimed at age 60, but at least it's there. In this poor woman's case, she was only 57 when her husband passed away. There was no Social Security survivor benefit. She was too young at 57. So the lesson here is think about what if something happens to me? Is my spouse, my surviving spouse, going to be okay? And another mistake that this gentleman had made, and I'm uncovering it with his wife, his widow at this point, and this is months after his death, but we have literally had to dig up all of their financial statements. So I'm talking mortgage statement. Other than the mortgage, they're debt-free, fortunately, but retirement savings, retirement accounts, the life insurance was canceled. So we were searching and searching and searching for that. He had multiple bank accounts set up and some CDs. But the point that I'm trying to make here is he was his own financial advisor and he had left his wife completely in the dark. She called me up and said, hey, I don't know how to pay the bills. I know things are set up on auto pay, but I don't know really what the bills are. I don't know how our investments are invested or where they are. So the big takeaway here is if you want to be your own financial advisor, you have to keep your spouse informed of what's going on and where everything is. And I've had a lot of people say to me, oh, well, my spouse, my husband or my wife, they're just not interested in the finance stuff. Well, my question is, what happens in the case of an emergency like this? How's your spouse going to fare? And I actually have a client who was in the military a long time, then went into the private sector, worked his way up as a corporate executive. And he told me one time, he said, Greg, the reason why we hired you is because in case something happens to me, my wife needs somebody that she can turn to as a partner and someone that we trust that knows where everything is, how much it's worth and where it's headed. And that's why we hired you. And the way he said it, it was so profound. I wrote it down right there on my legal pad, and I've always remembered it. I mean, this client of mine, he's retired now, but I mean, he could be the president of the United States. But that's really the lesson there. Ask yourself, if something happens to one spouse, how is the other spouse going to be able to maintain this financial household? And to further my point here, I'm going to be more descriptive. This very, very nice lady, now a widow, allowed me to share her story so others can benefit from what we're saying here. When it came time to review her investments, the retirement accounts that her and her husband had saved all these years, she was able to bring me some statements. And fortunately, she was the beneficiary on them. The kids were the backup or contingent beneficiaries. But in looking at these statements, there was not a financial advisor that she was aware of. 
And it looked like the husband liked to do a lot of stock trading and ETF trading. And here's where it really, really got interesting is the husband had invested the majority of their life savings in an ETF that it's called ARK, A-R-K-K, if you want to look it up. I'm not recommending this to anybody. But if you're curious, you can look up this exchange-traded fund. Now, the story behind this fund is it's run by a woman named Kathy Wood. Now, this is a very, very volatile fund because it's primarily investing in the technology sector. Kathy Wood really, really made a name for herself because in the year 2020, which that was the COVID year, this particular fund was up 152%. So it really, really caught the eye of a lot of investors. And in this particular example, this widow's husband shifted a ton of money after that year of performance, outstanding performance, up 152% in one year. And so what the husband had done was moved greater than 90% of their portfolio. They had a $2 million portfolio at the time, and he had moved like I said, greater than 90% of the portfolio was in this one ETF following that stellar performance of 2020. Well, guess what happened? 2021 came along and it wasn't such a good year. The fund was down over 23% in 2021. Now here's where it gets ugly. Along came 2022. And as I'm recording this podcast here today, this particular fund is down greater than 50% for the year. And not only that, prior to his death, the husband was selling off shares of this fund, this exchange-traded fund, to pay their monthly expenses and supplement his social security income. Now, in retirement, we want our investments to produce an income that we can live on every month. And the problem with this particular fund is it didn't produce an income. There was no dividend. And the other thing about this particular fund is it's not diversified enough and it's way too risky. We're not even halfway through the year and this fund's already down 50%. So there were a couple main mistakes here that he was making as far as the investment portfolio. Number one, he was trying to use the wrong tool for the job. He was trying to use one fund that was an extremely aggressive technology fund that doesn't produce any type of income. He was trying to use that to satisfy his retirement needs. And the bigger mistake here is I think he was chasing performance as far as the fund that he selected to put greater than 90% of their life savings in because this particular fund has such a fantastic year in 2020. Again, it was up 152% that year. That's an incredible return. But I don't think he really realized the amount of risk that this particular fund was taking and how aggressive it was. And chasing performance, trying to put your money in last year's hot fund, the best fund of last year, almost always ends up as a disaster. It's like the Miss America pageant. Nobody ever wins twice in a row, in consecutive years, I mean. If picking funds were as easy as just putting your money all in the, the top fund of last year, figuring that that performance would continue into this year, well, everybody would be rich. All we would have to do is look at last year and then, oh, well, they're going to repeat back to back this year. That's just not how it works. There was a reason why it did so well in 2020. And then the next year in 2021, the fund did so poorly. 
There was a story that I absolutely love that a guy went to his financial advisor. This was years and years ago. And he said, I noticed the number one fund of last year was the healthcare biotech fund. And I want to put all of my son's college education, his entire 529, I want to put into that fund this year, figuring that it's going to repeat and have a great performance this year. And the advisor looked him in the eye and said, I'm not going to put your son's college education on red or black. I just love that story. It reminds us, don't chase performance. So let's get back to this story of this poor widow. She's in a situation right now where her life savings at this point, her entire investment portfolio is down 50% for the year. And her question is, if she sells this fund and books the loss, how much does she need her new investment portfolio to increase for it to get back up to where it was at the beginning of the year? So let's go through a little example. If you have a dollar and you lose 50%, now you only have 50 cents. If we have 50 cents now, how much of a return do we need to get back up to a dollar? You really need a 100% return to go from 50 cents back to a dollar. So that's the risk. Once you lose 50% of your money, the way math works is then at that point, you need a 100% rate of return just to get back to even. So right now, this widow is very, very concerned about her financial future, and rightly so. There were a lot of mistakes that were made that were totally avoidable, but she's got to figure out where she goes from here. Now, another lesson we can learn in her situation, there's a lot of money in her husband, who's now deceased. He passed away at age 64. A lot of money was in his IRA. So that money is all pre-tax. Taxes have not been paid. She is his primary beneficiary. So the custodian, it happened to be Charles Schwab, they recommended moving the money into her IRA. And as the spouse, you can do that. You can either move all the money into your own IRA or you can keep it as a beneficiary IRA. Now, this is a huge lesson right here. She's only 57 years old. So if she moves all the money into her own IRA and takes withdrawals out of that IRA, guess what? She's got a 10% penalty because she's not yet 59 and a half. However, she has the opportunity to keep it as a beneficiary IRA. And guess what? For beneficiary IRAs, that 10% early withdrawal penalty does not apply to beneficiary IRAs. So I told her, please, please, please tell Charles Schwab to put it in a beneficiary IRA not your own IRA, so you can avoid that 10% early withdrawal penalty. That's a mistake I have seen widows and widowers make on countless occasions. There's no sense leaving Uncle Sam a tip. And by that, I mean paying a 10% early withdrawal penalty when you don't have to, if you do it right. The last point I want to make about this particular story was this couple went into retirement without any sort of plan. And this lady has told me numerous times that she would always ask her husband, are we going to be okay? And financially speaking is what she was talking about. And he would always say, yes, don't worry about it. And my question, and there's no going back at this point, but my question back to him would have been, well, how do you know? How can you prove to me that we're going to be okay? Show me the plan that will give me the confidence to know we're going to be okay. 
And why that's so important, why a plan is so important, is because this woman is 57 years old. Her mother is still living at 87 years old. So if she makes it until 87 or longer, like her mother will, she's got another 30 years plus of retirement that she needs to make sure she gets right and that this money lasts for the next 30 years or longer. And that's why a plan is so crucial, especially if you happen to be the younger spouse in a couple, in a situation like that. So I hope this episode has been helpful. Oftentimes it's helpful to share stories of mistakes that were made because we can learn from other people's mistakes. I love that quote. It says, a smart man learns from his own mistakes, but a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. So hopefully you picked up on a couple potholes to steer clear of. And this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast has been helpful. Check out my website, my three steps to a dream retirement, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. I'll see you next time. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA, SIPC. 